Amen. Okay, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 12. This one was a haul, y'all. I don't know why. It's just every once in a while, a message is a lot of work. Uh, so we need to pray about that. Before I pray, though, uh, Shite, one more thing, okay? Um, well, here, just watch this. How many of the women in this room would say, I wish when I was a teenager I would have had some insight like that and that I would have told that young man, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. Just raise your hand really big. I wish I'd have been thinking like, so just, that's a lot of hands. We're praying for you. Okay. Really? Really, we're, we're, we're probably praying for Aaron <laughs> more than anyone. Yeah. Hmm. Hit the road, Jack. Okay, Proverbs chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. Lord willing, that's what we're going to look at tonight. So grab your neighbor, pray for each other. We want to pray for one another to receive the word. And then pray for your pastor that God would use me to deliver the word. I know I'm just gifted enough to confuse everybody. Uh, so let's just pray for an anointing on the preaching of the word and then uh, for God to have his way in our lives, all right? So everybody grab a prayer partner, let's pray. Pray for each other, pray for me, and then we'll get to work. Father, you do all things well, and you told us that if any of us lack wisdom to ask you and and you'd give it liberally that you wouldn't upbraid us for not having it. And so, Lord, we're trusting you to, to give us wisdom. We want to behold wonderful things from your word, and, and we don't want to do it academically. Uh, Lord, we want to hear from you. And, and so speak to our hearts and convict us of error. Bring us to repentance. And, Lord, by your grace, we want to live in faith. We want to live out these principles in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we're seeing contrast between the righteous and the wicked. And so we've looked at, you know, you say you're starting with point number four. Well, you should have been here last week. If you weren't here last week, you can go online and get, get that teaching. <clears throat> so let's look at the provision. That's what we're going to look at tonight in verses 9 through 12. Verse 9 says, He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. <laughs> That's just funny. Okay, so... We're looking at the low but supplied versus the high and mighty but hungry. Okay, that's your first set of blanks. There's some who look low but they're eating. And there's other people that think they're awesome, right? They're, they're honoring themselves but they can't, they can't put their life together. One looks poor but he's rich. The other acts rich but he's really poor. So let's look at the despised first. He may look poor, he may look despicable, but at least this guy has a capacity for work. And so as a result, he has resources for supply. He's, he's got at least enough smarts, and he's got enough willingness to work, right? So now he has resources to employ others. Employ is your next blank. And by the way, that's a blessing for both him and his employee. Uh, not only does he have enough, but now he can hire someone. He's got a servant that he can then supply as well. And so they're, two are better than one, and they're able to do more than either could do on their own. 
And so blessings now are starting to compound. So, so thank God for your job, right? Bless, ask God to bless your boss. Thank God for your boss. You may not like your boss, but he or she, that's the one who has a job for you. So praise the Lord, right? Praise God for our employers. Praise God for the companies that we get to work for. Well, they don't always treat me like, right. Yeah, but you're getting a paycheck. You're, 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 getting, you're putting money in your bank account. And so praise the Lord for your boss. And then pray for God's blessing. Maybe you'll get to lead your boss to Christ and they'll stop being a jerk. Work hard, right? Earn your keep. You wanna, you wanna put, you want, you, never let Christ look bad. At your, at your place of employment. Man, people ought to wonder what in the world is wrong with you? Why are you working so much better and so much harder? Why are you trying? Why are you endeavoring so much the more? Oh, that person is serving, right? The service that they do, the work that they do, it's as unto the Lord. They recognize that they're really serving Christ and it makes a difference. Okay, so the despised guy, he's better than the one who views himself as the man, but he's got no food. This guy's maybe, he's impressed with himself, but there's no supply, not even for himself. So we'll call him the deluded. Uh, the deluded has nothing. Now he's gotta humble himself and go ask the guy he despises for a job, right? Job or work is your next blank. By the way, that's the theme of so many 80s movies the despised nerd ends up owning everyone. Uh, that's a common theme. Uh, if you're into 80s movies, you'll pick up on that. Now, you, Proverbs 13, you can contrast this principle. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. That endeavor to be rich ends up costing you everything, and you see this stereotypically uh, in the business world. People are pursuing riches, and they end up losing their wife and their kids, and what do you really have? Nothing. Uh, some of these guys, man, they lose their health. I mean, it just brings them to nothing. Then there are those, the flip side is, there is that maketh himself poor, and yet hath many riches. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to take that, but let me tell you, if you're willing to give whatever it takes to be in the center of God's will, you're rich. I can just sum it up that way. You're rich. Now, you can be a wealthy loser. You could actually get riches and, 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 and end up being a loser. You could lose a lot. So it's key to learn contentment. So you may be rich, but you can spend yourself into poverty. Uh, we won't look at it, but Paul shows the mark of Christian maturity in Philippians chapter four. I know, I've learned, right? I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. All right, verse number 10. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So here we see compassion, the compassionate versus the cruel. Compassion versus cruelty. And the righteous man makes sure that his dependent animal is taken care of. Uh, it's a big deal to him. He's worried. Uh, and if you were, you know, so I was raised on a farm, so there was a lot of feeding responsibilities. And um, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say this, okay? I, I, you know, I'd, I'd spent, spent some time with some guys growing up that, that maybe didn't learn some of that responsibility, and I thought, how are they gonna take care of a family? I'd see how they'd treat their dog, and I'd think, how are they ever gonna take care of a family? Ladies, ladies, shite, listen to me. 
whoever you think might be the guy, just pay attention to how he treats his pets. Pay attention to how he treats animals because that's gonna clue you in a lot about his character and his insight. So ladies, pay attention. Uh, does he put a boot to the dog all the time? That guy's a punk. You can't get away fast enough from that guy. Pay attention to how a guy treats his animals. Okay, so on the farm, uh, at least this is how I was raised. Um, you know, I, I heard this a lot from my father, and it didn't always work out like this. Sometimes, you know, uh, breakfast would be ready really early or wh whatever, but typically, stereotypically, what happens is, is you go feed the calves, you go feed the cows, and then you come home for, for breakfast. You break fast after you fed the animals. You say, well, they're animals. What do they know? They don't care. Ah, it's a principle, and it's really good. You make sure your dependents are taken care of first, and then you take care of you. It's a little bit different than what they tell you on the airplane. On the airplane, when they, you need the oxygen mask, okay, you do have to take care of you first, or you won't be awake to take care of anybody else. <laughs> but you can say no to your belly god. That's not a life or death situation in the moment. You can tell your belly god, no, I'm gonna go take care of my dependents. So, the general rule, dependents first. And that goes down to the level of the beast. So, you're eating when your dependents are hungry, that's wicked, that should never happen. Uh, now sometimes you'll forget and, and the food's right there. Well, okay, I'm not saying this is a hard law. I'm just saying it's a good principle. If you ate before your dog ate, that's not the end of the world. But if you're eating and your dog's not eating and your dog's regularly going hungry, you're not righteous. It's not right. So here's the application. Let's think about in terms of your ministry. Okay, we've got a lot of growing leaders at MBT. Proverbs 27, verse 23. Be diligent to know the state of thy flocks. Are they being fed? Are they growing? Are they being nurtured? Are they growing in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord? Look well to thy herds. I'll give you another application. This is stereotypical. You see this all the time. Pastors living several orders of magnitude in terms of their standard of living ahead of the church that they pastor. So you got a church where maybe the median income is, is $40,000 but the pastor is making $160,000. You see this all the time. Man, that's just, <laughs> that's just messed up. Okay, so you got pastors that live high on the hog while the people that they're pastoring are just scraping to get by. Uh, I'm not saying pastors shouldn't be well paid. Okay, at MBT, we, we trust the Lord to pay in the highest, they break down in quartiles. We wanna pay in the highest quartile. We wanna, we wanna get good people and we wanna pay them well. If we're stingy, with the ox, you know, you muzzle the ox while it's treading out the corn, you're, you're violating a spiritual principle and you're just begging God to be stingy with the church. Uh, we, wanna, we wanna be good to the people that are dependent on MBT, amen? Uh, but that doesn't mean, you know, nobody should work at MBT and be dragging down $450,000 a year. You know, <laughs> what's our budget? You know, we'll, we'll, in a few months here, we'll be describing a, a, a budget that's right at, be probably be just under two, $2 million. Uh, what's the admin line? 900,000. What? <laughs> no, that's not, you're, you're not in the pastorate to get rich. Uh, you're, you should be paid, but you're in the pastorate to serve the Lord, amen? Um, okay, God takes care of his dependents. I want you to see God's decency. So he tells people, you're walking by, you see, a, you see a hen sitting on her eggs, don't take them both. 
right? You see a dam sitting upon the young or upon the eggs, thou shalt not take the dam with the young, but thou shalt in any wise let the dam go and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest prolong thy days, you greedy outfit, don't get greedy. So you got this mom taking, you're already just ruined, <laughs> right, a beautiful picture, but you're hungry, okay, go eat, but let her raise up some more chicks. That thou mayest prolong thy day. Look at that principle. Deuteronomy 25, verse four. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox. He's working for you. He's, he's, he's making it so you can grow a lot of corn. Let him graze. Exodus 23. Do not cook a baby goat in its mother's milk. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. It's just not fair. <laughs> right? Like, God's got compassion. More than that, he feeds his dependents. Look at Psalm 104, verse 14. God, he causeth the grass grow to grow for the cattle and the herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth. 145, 16. Thou openest thy hand and satisfieth the desire of every living thing. 147, verses 8 and 9. He covers the heaven with clouds, who prepareth the rain for the earth, who maketh the grass grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. God is taking care. I mean, he's got his eye on the sparrow. He's taking care of the beasts. Now, the wicked, they're cruel even when they're being quote-unquote good, okay? That's how they roll. The tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. And there is just example after example of this. And so I've got the references there. You can study them out for sake of time, but there is no greater example than that of Judas who tenderly, sweetly kisses the Lord Jesus Christ as he's betraying him. Proverbs 17, 27, verse six, faithful are the wounds of a friend, somebody that'll just come and just pop you right in your pride and tell you how it is and where you need to get growing or straightening out or whatever. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Jesus, I love you. Condemn him to die. You see that in Matthew 26. You see the compassion of Joseph's brothers in Genesis chapter 37. Even the compassion is cruel. Let's not kill him, let's sell him into slavery. We did good. Uh, Nahash, you're gonna roll up on Israelites. Spare us. On this condition will I make a covenant with you that I may thrust out your right eyes and lay it for a reproach upon Israel. I'll have mercy on you. I'm gonna blind you and why? Well, let us think about it. They fill in Saul. Saul gets, I mean, he, he gets moved by the Holy Ghost and they, he calls everybody together on the threat of death. He calls everybody together and uh, they delivered uh, Jabesh Gilead. But the tender mercies of the cruel is wicked. You see it in Jonah, the prophet Jonah. God's got compassion on Nineveh and sends Jonah. And read Jonah chapter four. They're all repentant. Everybody's repenting. And it breaks Jonah's heart. The tender mercies of the cruel, of the wicked are cruel. So he's broken hearted. God, I see, I told you, this is why I ran. I told you. You're, you're, you're so compassionate and merciful and these guys are gonna end up destroying us. You and I both know it. And now you're gonna let them live when you could be destroying them. And so he's still just sitting, watching, 
<laughs> you know, God gives them some shade and great heat, and then he prepares that worm. It just cuts, jo- Jonah despairs of life. Check out the end of Jonah chapter four and look at God's heart. And then you see it with Jesus. He's hanging on the cross in John chapter 19. It's looking like they might end up dying on the Sabbath day. We can't have that because we gotta be right with God and so they come and break the legs of the thieves. Here's where the rubber hits the road for you and I. James chapter two. Verse 15 says, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful for the body, what doth it profit? Oh, I see you're starving, let me help you. Be warm and filled. And again, I get the Pauline command, if you don't work, you don't eat, right? You have that responsibility. But the church is commanded to be benevolent, and when somebody legitimately hits a hard time, it's our responsibility to back them up. By the way, for everyone that has been taking care of our family uh, after Cheryl's surgery, so quick, I forgot to mention this earlier, surgery went really well perfectly. The surgeon was so proud of herself when she came out to tell me. And uh, it was a bizarre, kind of awkward situation because she's trying to show me what she did, and I'm like, "Eh, you know. Your eyes are up there. <laughs> and she's, but she's like, she's gonna heal up so nicely and nobody's even gonna know, you know, which was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, <laughs> uh, successful surgery. Uh, next will be the healing and then the, the, the radiation and, and uh, then the meds. But um, yeah, we're, we're really grateful. But y'all are trying to put another 20 pounds on me, thank you, you know. Uh, so, so people will hit a hard time and we're commanded to be benevolent and, and if we don't take care of our brothers and sisters, man, that's terrible. First John 3, verse 17, whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shut up, shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Let's not be wickedly compassionate. Verse 11, he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Okay, so this concept, we've, we've seen this, we'll keep seeing this, it keeps coming up because it's important. Uh, you're gonna get out of life what you put into it. And what God's expectation is over your life is that you're gonna work hard. So we're seeing the, the fruit of hard work versus vanity stupidity, that's your next set of blanks but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. If you're wise, you're gonna work hard, there'll be fruit there. If you're not, you'll follow vain persons because you didn't think it through. It's actually very stupid. So this is really what we're seeing here is the difference between just getting the training that you need to get, get in the field that you need to get, do the work that you need to do, versus following some get rich quick stream scheme, right? You're going to follow some stream of revenue that's just going to really, you know, you've got some dream and, and there's really no way to put A and B together and get C. You're just somehow pie in the sky. You're going you're gonna to do this and you're going to make a lot of money and, you, and there's no plan to work that's going to produce the results you claim you're going to get. So working but supplied versus vain but hungry. 
Okay, that's what we're seeing. So Proverbs 14, 23 says, says it this way. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Uh, you're gonna end up flat broke. So what you wanna do is get to work. You wanna, and, and, and this is an agrarian society, and so the thing that we're gonna keep seeing is work the land, work the land. Verse 19, verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 19. He that tilleth his land, the one that labors, shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons, right, so they're flapping their, they've got some get rich quick stream uh, scheme, some money stream that, that, that they just know is gonna work, and the way you get bread is through tilling the land, but they've come up with a better way, and, and be careful with that. Following vain people will tend to poverty. You shall have poverty enough, verse 19. Now, you can work hard at vain pursuits, unproven pursuits, and you work very hard at that and still starve. Uh, work smart, but work what works. That's what you wanna do. You wanna have a game plan, a work plan that you know will work. That's what wisdom says. And the ants model this, we saw this in Proverbs chapter six, they model it, they get to work, so follow their example. They work hard while the working is possible and then they take a break over the winter. Again, this is an agrarian society and so this is the way it works. You actually get caught up on your rest in the winter. Uh, so it's a little different for us, uh, modern society. I mean, you can work hard 24 seven from your laptop in your living room. You know, that's the kind of world that we live in. Do the work that works and do it faithfully in the window where you're supposed to work and then you'll have plenty. So, at the end of all of this, this is not saying that the only way that you can work is through farming, okay? But in this agrarian society, that's how it worked. But it's dealing with, you know, in terms of application today, it's dealing with your motivation to prosper through proper God-given pursuits. Work the work that will work. Work an honest job. Work something that's proven. And so make this a point of prayer. How many are looking for jobs right now? You're looking for work. Raise your hand really big. Okay, so when we close in prayer, just again, really big, raise that hand. And so, so, so let's make sure every, every request for work uh, gets a, at least a prayer partner or two. Okay, that's how you guys will close out. Uh, let's pray for that work. Pray for jobs. Okay, verse 12. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. So we're seeing destruction versus fruit, the capacity for destruction versus the capacity for fruit. Uh, the wicked want in on the scheme, right? They want to, what the, what the wicked is doing to get over on people, they want in, or they want to take it, they want to reproduce it. Here's another way to say it. They want the booty of the, eagle wor of the evil worker. They want in on that booty, okay? So Proverbs 13 verse 11 says it this way, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that garnereth by labor shall increase. So what, what evil men do is they capture, right? They, they, they perpetrate, they get over on people. They, they, they're capturing the livelihood, the wealth of others. And so wicked people, they say, yeah, that's a, that, that's a great way to make a living. And so they want to be part of the, they want to be part of the um, syndicate, you know, 
where they want to reproduce the syndicate. The root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. So what if you could, right? What if you could take that net and now you can capture other people's livelihood? Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. First Timothy chapter six tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. We don't wanna trust in money. The love of money, verse 10, is the root of all evil. Uh, better is a little with righteousness. So be established on righteousness. And again, the root, uh, we just saw this last week, right? Who is the root in our lives? What's the picture there? Jesus. Who is it? Jesus. Again, I, I told you this last week. Half the time when you get a question in, in church, half the time, statistically, Half the time, the answer is Jesus. And then, here's the cool thing, okay? The pastor asks a question, and you just shout, Jesus! Even if that's technically the wrong answer, it's still right because you're all about Jesus, and nobody's gonna criticize you for having the wrong answer. It's just, man, that guy, that guy loves Jesus. So it's always okay to shout Jesus. He's called the root of Jesse. Uh, you see him as the root of the believer in Romans chapter 15. Uh, we mentioned this last time from uh, Matthew chapter seven. Christ is our rock. Uh, he is named that in 1 Corinthians 10 verse four. God's people follow their rock and that rock is Jesus. So the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. How does that work in the life of the believer? Well, John 15 tells you how. Jesus says, you abide me, he's the root, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Your fruit is gonna come through your connection to the root. And that rhymes and wraps just a little bit, but that'll help you remind it, remember it. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, well, in what profit? So this is how a vineyard worker works it. A branch that is not abiding, it's withering, it's not bringing fruit, they cut it off. It's worthless. If ye abide me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. You know, you could, you could make a lot of money in this world through sketchy, Sketchy means you could get over on people, steal their livelihood, make it your own, and you'll be miserable, and you'll be despised. Eventually you'll be caught. If not in this life, you won't get away with it at the judgment. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenue without right. Godliness with contentment, learning to be content, whatever state you're in, therewith. I'm just, I got Jesus, I'm content. I have learned to be content. Jesus said, abide in me. I don't know what is richer than that. To know that your life is in the person of Christ. 
that your life, your living is in Jesus, that the creator, do you get how rich we are? That the creator of everything, he created the cosmos. What power, what ingenuity, what brilliance, what infinite wisdom is in the creator God. And he's our root, he's our, he's our vine. And our life can be tied in him. Abide in me and I in you. The creator dwells in me. He's called, it's the, called the spirit of Christ that dwells in me. Christ dwells in my heart by faith. Okay, to waste my life, right, pining and groaning and whining and griping over what I don't have is just stupid. <laughs> I've got Jesus in my life. Now, sometimes God will let us go through lack and he'll let us go through hard times because that's an opportunity for us to see how to move forward in faith. It's an opportunity for the, for the body to support us. Uh, but at the end of the day, Paul says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. If I've got Jesus, I've got everything. And whenever you live like that, when you know like that, you will be fruitful. Abide in me. How do I abide in Christ? Well, my relationship with him is through his word. Lord, speak to me. I need your will over my life. God, I don't want to know it academically. I want to hear from you. And I want your word to be made reality in my life. What you show me, oh, God, so help me. By your grace, I'm going to live it because you're worthy. And God will strengthen you to do that. When you step out by faith, you're going to live by faith. God's going to bless you. You're going to be fruitful. And that'll be better than anything you could steal out of this world. That will be better. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and Lord, I pray your blessing over our lives. God, help us to see that you put us on this earth to work. Uh, Lord, help us to be faithful laborers in your harvest. Lord, help us to be faithful workers for the kingdom, uh, first and foremost, that we would be equipped, but we would also ply ourselves in fishing for men working the field of souls to bring in a harvest of disciples for your glory. And then God, help us to see that in order to fund that ministry, uh, Lord, you've given us the ability to get jobs and uh, we'll provide for our household, uh, we'll take care of our kids, we'll make sure they get educated. Um, Lord, we'll, we'll teach them the trade, whatever that is. Uh, but Lord, you're gonna take care of our physical need through giving us the work that supplies bread to our table. And we thank you for that. Lord, when we run into a catastrophe, your will be done. And we'll trust you even in that. And uh, Lord, thank you for brothers and sisters that come alongside to help in hard times. But Lord, help us to see better is a little with you than anything that this world can offer us. And then Lord, for those that you gift, to, 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 to be insightful, that no business, that, that no sales, that no uh, production, that you gift so as to be able to really make a lot of money. Help them not to trust. We don't want to trust in uncertain riches. Lord, help us to see you just, this just part of the stewardship that you've entrusted to those members of the body. And that, Lord, they'd, just be, uh, they'd be every bit as careful to manage it all to your glory. Uh, Lord, that'll just enable them to do more for your kingdom. And, and so, Lord, give them wisdom to endeavor to pursue exactly that. And then, Lord, before we break up, God, I do pray 
uh, for all that are looking for jobs. Lord, we're trusting you for the work that will put bread on our table, that'll be good, they'll be good proven jobs, they'll be honest jobs. Lord, would, we, we want them to be good jobs, and so we're asking for schedules that, that are not you know, working every Sunday, every Tuesday night. Uh, we want good work schedules, we want good jobs that pay well, uh, but most of all, we want the jobs that'll give us the opportunities uh, to be able to speak the gospel, to be able to, 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 to walk through open doors. And so, Lord, I pray that blessing uh, for my brothers and sisters that are looking. And then help them, get, help, help, help them to get full of faith, uh, to put in a full-time job with overtime this week, looking for the job that you have for them, to be praying for a job but not looking for one uh, every day, all day. It, that's not faith. And so, Lord, strengthen them. Uh, you know, not having a job can be depressing. And so, Lord, I just pray that they'd be encouraged and that they would do the hard work of finding the work uh, that, that, that you'll lead them into. Lord, dismiss us with your, bre- your blessing. Uh, dismiss us. Uh, we just pray that we'd be uh, safe in our travels as we go home. And we ask all of this in, in Jesus' name. Amen.